Really strange. Okay, so. Maybe um, can we finish, Alec? Thank you. So, what we're going to be doing this this man, and for however long it's going to require, however long it lasts, is we're going to be working on four primary skills and utilizing those skills to to create ways of self-advancement. The four skills we're going to be dealing with can be easily remembered by what's called Conquest Mind Log. Conquest Mind Log. Conquest Mind Log is a um, four-stage process of self-development which focuses on four primary skills. The first con is conceptualization and I will explain what these things mean. The next is quest which is questioning. The third is mind which is mindfulness. And finally the log is the inner dialogue. So there's four things you're going to be learning how to do. A lot of them we do anyway. We're just going to be sharpening those skills. Conceptualization, questioning, mindfulness, and the inner dialogue. Um, I'm going to begin with a brief definition of each one of those skills, and then of course we're going to need to explore them, because to explain them is very simple, but to actually develop them is far more complex. So let's start off with conceptualization. Conceptualization is the ability to be able to derive a life lesson, a principle from a given event. And it's a really exciting thing to do because it changes the temporary events of your life into permanent lessons in one way or another. So I'll give an example from my own life, which is it's still in the process of um, unfolding. The part one of the story occurs on one second Wednesday night. Wednesday night, uh, Wednesday night, our washing machine packs in. Now, when you're living in a house, not of Bochrim, when you're living in a house of Bochrim, so then the washing machine being broken and the washing machine being fixed is, is very, very, pretty much no difference. Because people understand as a Bochrim that, that washing is an annual event. Doing your, doing your laundry. So, but when you're living in a house where you, you're in a family and there's, there's men and women and husband and wife and children, so then laundry becomes a very important part of, of the family. So you've got this washing machine. The washing machine is like, the washing area is one of the hubs of the house because there's always stuff going on, especially when you've got girls and teenage girls. What's and lock? When you've got girls and teenage girls and, and stuff like that, right? So... So the washing machine is forever going. It's going and it's going and it's going. And there's, people don't like wearing dirty clothes. They don't like wearing, wearing clothes more than once. Bochrim Harei wear clothes for days and, and months. And, and often, when, often when... Come in, make yourself at home, at your ease. Mm. 
اطلاع میکنه داتسی پنکچوالیتی so ignore him ignore everyone but back to our washing machine our washing machine you you need you need the washing machine because people change their clothes on a regular basis bochim they change their clothes very infrequently and when their underwear gets dirty you simply turn it inside out and you can wear it for another six weeks so but but normal people change their clothes on a regular basis and as a result the washing machine is always working and when it breaks down it creates havoc because now you get piles and piles of laundry building up so my wife responsible phones up the laundry repairman the washing machine repairman says hi please will you come to us he says I'll be there early in the morning okay uh, what time? Tesha 9 o'clock no problem half past 9 no one's there 10 o'clock, no one's there. 10.30, Shalom, Atamagia, Ken, 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 Anima Mashpo, Anima Mash, Mamash, Od Chamesh Takot, Od Chamesh Takot, another five minutes, I'm going to be there. 11.30, 12 o'clock, Hello, getting slightly rattled at this point in time. Hello, uh, Atamagia, you can hear the tension in the voice. Atamagia, Ken, Ken, and you should and I'll be there. Don't worry, Mamas. I'm actually, I'm, I'm coming up the stairs right now. One thirty. Shalom. Forget it. I'm going to call someone else. Call the other guy. Call the other guy. He says, Ken, Ken, and by I'm a little bit busy, but I've got this great friend, and fine. So we send a photo of the machine to his friend because his friend needs to know which model it is, and he's going to sort it out. And we wait until 4.30. And the friend said, no, you know, it's like, he can't handle it today. And so now we phone back the original guy that we originally told, because now we've got no one. Because his friend that we thought was, the friend of the friend isn't coming either, and the friend couldn't come, so now we're back to our original guy. And he says, ah, you see? You weren't willing to wait for me. That's the price you pay. Now no one's going to come. He says, don't worry, I'll forgive you, and I'll be there by 6 o'clock. 6 o'clock comes. 6 o'clock goes. So now it's 6.30. And all of a sudden, 6.30, he reveals to us that he's making shiver brochus for his son in Ashdod. <laughs> okay? So he's not going to be coming today. But he says, Tamini, Anisham Revelashesh Baboke. I'm going to be there tomorrow morning at quarter to 6 in the morning. So we're worried, you know, we're going to have to wake up early because he sounded extremely sincere. Quarter to 6 in the morning, no one there, no phone call, no nothing. We don't know what to do. My wife's at the wit's end. She thinks, I'm going to have to buy a new car for this machine. It's going to cost $1,500. I can buy a new machine for $2,500. Sorry, $1,500 shekels. I can buy a new machine for $2,500 shekels. Why am I, this machine is driving me crazy. It's, meant to, it's been giving me trouble every single year. It breaks. Forget it. I'm buying a new machine. Start finding out prices for new machines. Sunday comes. She orders a brand new machine. Brand new machine, 2,500 shekels, great LG, checked it out, fantastic model, 8 kilos, good schmack, good. She happens to go past the washing machine at this point in time and turn it on. And it works. <laughs> it works, it works perfectly. Nothing wrong with it. What probably happened is the card got wet and it dried and now it's functioning. So everything's fine. Card? This happened today? There's a, co- a computer thing in it, the, the card, which the chip, whatever. This happened today? Hey? This, the, the final part of the story happened yesterday. So from here until today, the washing machine is fine. Now, if the washing machine doesn't break, so far the story is magnificent. Why is it such a magnificent story? 
because again this is called conceptualization you can look at the story and you can leave the story in time and space and it's completely irrelevant to your life in the future or in the past or you can say one second isn't this fascinating let's look at each stage of the way every single time something went wrong something was actually going right Every single time the guy postponed coming, because had he come and replaced the card, we would have paid 1,500 shekels, got a new card, which was completely unnecessary, because his card is fine. So every single thing which looked upon as something bad was in fact something good. And when he, when he didn't turn up for the first time, and we asked his friend, and his friend couldn't turn up, and say, asked his friend, his friend couldn't turn up, so at the time it was, oh my God, this is so frustrating, this is driving me crazy, this is bad. In the end, no, it was good, it was good, it was good, it was good, it was good. So now, if you adept at the skill of conceptualization, you're able to extract the principle. And you're able to say, let me use this going forward in life. I can see that sometimes you don't know what's good and what's bad. Sorry. You never know what's good and what's bad. Except you did buy a new washing machine. Yeah, what happened to the new washing machine? So we ordered a new washing machine, right? We phoned back after we saw it to the person we ordered and we said, please, will you cancel? Is it okay if we cancel the order? She said, fine, just remember to phone me today at 11 o'clock, which I'm aware I've did, to cancel the new washing machine. You could go home and now you have two washing machines. Fun if the guy turns up, he's like, uh, what do I fix? I don't think there's any danger that happening. Next going to be like, yeah. oh, you So, Bikitsa, Bikitsa, but isn't that an interesting lesson? So, What's it's like a. Re- that people lie through their teeth. So you can, again, so conceptualization, and we're going to learn how to flex the skills. And what, 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 how do you know which lesson to learn? But the principles of this event were such. The principles were what appeared to be bad was good. What's the concise explanation of what conceptualization is? Conceptualization is the ability to isolate the properties of a given event and to create a principle, a concept from them. Principle, right? So now, great question. Great question. When, when extracting principles from things, so you always got a variety of different properties to the given event. So, for example, there are many properties to this event. What was on the property? The property. One property was um, people. A person who said he would turn up didn't turn up. So why didn't you develop a? Why did your principle is Never trust anyone. People who say they will do things, won't do things. Right? Another thing is, perhaps you could extrapolate that don't buy faulty machines, which will cause you to go through angst. Always buy the best machine. Boom. Happens to be, though, that that's actually an invalid principle because we actually bought the best machine, which could be another principle. We like, well, before buying the, our previous washing machine gave us lots of hassles. So, this washing, washing machine, which we bought five years ago, we said we're going to buy the very best in the market, and we did. And since then, it's given us problems. Mm-hmm. So, there's, an, there's another lesson over there as well. But we'll the oldest one. That money doesn't mean it's the best one. No, we didn't figure on the most expensive. I didn't say the most expensive, I said the best. So okay. in my head, money did mean the best. Correct, correct. <laughs> but it's a conceptualization is, a, is the ability, we have to flesh it out, I'm just giving an introduction right now, is the ability to take an isolated event and to create life learning from it, learning lessons from it. Because otherwise, there's no... There's, life can act as a university or it can act as just a movie that you watch and it doesn't really bear any relevance on here and nowhere else. Each event can be jam-packed with significance and then we have to figure out, I'm just giving you an introduction of, okay, well, how do you get the right lesson from the event? That's a really exciting point because maybe you'll come up with a completely wrong lesson. 
right? You could theoretically, after this event, say, um, a person who's got, let's say, and this becomes really interesting, see how Hashem's out to get me? He put me through all that source. Or you can say, you see how Hashem's on my, head, my, my side because he didn't allow me. It's a little bit like the, the story of the cyclist that arrives in Asha Torah and goes to the Rosh Hashiva and Rosh Hashiva says to him, so tell me, he says, would you like to learn a little bit about uh, Judaism? He says, I don't need to learn anything. He says, why not? He says, God and I, we like this. We're so close. He says, really? He says, absolutely. He says, tell me about it. He says, well, cycling up this hill. And as I turned the corner, there was a truck careening down the slope at a huge speed. And I swerved to avoid it. And I fell off the cliff. And as I was falling down, I said, God, if you're there, save me. And as I said those words, my cycling shirt got caught on a, uh, a tree growing out from the side of the cliff and I was saved certain death. And I managed to scramble up and I said, thank you, God. So God and I like this. To which Ibn replied and he said, who do you think pushed you off the cliff in the first place? <laughs> Evil laughter. So again, you have to know, you have to know in every situation, you have to know that how do you, which, where, where's the principle? And obviously you can, you can learn harmful ideas and not proactive. And is there a true idea? Do you understand? Is there a true idea? Can you extract where is it? So conceptualization is a big sugar. But you understand how important it is in life. Because otherwise your life is just one... No, you don't understand the importance in life. Oh, what's the value of doing this? Okay, yeah. You should go through life and not learn from experience. I understand. No, you're 100% right. What was I thinking? The whole point of learning, the whole way... Let me ask you a question. Yes? Do you play tennis? Do you play squash? You don't seem very athletic, you're right. I don't know why I ask you those questions. Is there any hobby? Is, is there any hobby? You, is there any hobby you have? But let's look at your show. Your show is your show is very average at playing football, right? When I say very average, I'm American football. American football. Hey, no, American football. You can't play. But in terms of football, he's very average at playing football. Um, slightly below average. So the reason why, tell me, your show. Um, good. You are not able to, I mean, I think it's a really valuable addition to your life that you're able to catch a ball on your right foot, throw it up through a kick, and then re-catch it on that same curled up foot. I think it's amazing. Um, were you born that way, or you actually learned how to do that? I learned. Really? Um, how did you learn? What was that process? Listen carefully, Brett. You've never played soccer, so this is important for you. Understand the pattern, working out if I did something different, then it wouldn't work, and then not doing that thing, and then doing another thing and not working, and eventually getting to way a method that was working, and then repeating said method because it had already worked. You you developed a concept from your experience, and you said, okay, when you didn't just say, oh well, there was the, the the ball fell off my foot. You thought, okay, my foot was tilted too much to the right, and therefore that's why I fell out. Principle, don't tilt your, your foot too much to the right and from that you're able to develop a skill which is how we learn in life so conceptualization is a tool we use to advance ourselves in life and if you don't use it so then you're right you remain stunted in your capacity to learn from life which would be a waste of time okay again so when you talk about skills unconscious skills are there but they're not accessible 
So to create accessibility to intuitive things you're already doing has an amazing advantage because it means you can use them at your beck and call. Whereas if they're left on the on intuitive level, so then it just means that, well, if they happen to be working, they work. But you can never advance them consciously. You can never take them and proactively bring them to new and unseen horizons. Transfer the skills to And you can transfer them. You can, you know, they become like things that you can play around with. If you're good enough, you can yes, sell them. You can sell them. Let's, let's, well, I mean, he tried to, but it was, I, don't, I don't think he was able to transfer it that well. He's very bad at American football. Extremely, extremely challenged. It's quite, quite amazing how he could be so good at football and so bad at American football. Could be it's the. It really brings to light the difference between real sport. I understand. That could be, that's a great concept. I like yeah, it. Exactly. Okay, so that's conceptualized. This is just an introduction. I'm not doing the thing now. I'm describing the skills that we're trying to learn. The next one is conquest question. And so questioning is as follows. That, and it relates very much to conceptualization. The beginning of any wisdom or knowledge begins with a question. If when Newton was sitting underneath the tree and the apple fell directly next to him, he wouldn't have said, hmm, why do apples fall down? Now, that's a really interesting question to ask because... I don't think that I would have asked that question. What do you mean why apples fall down? Apples fall down because apples fall down. <laughs> you know, those, those are the great questions. When you're asking something which is so obvious that you never think to ask about it. But when you start to ask questions, then all of a sudden, things which were so taken for granted start to bear fruit. They start to become... No, no pun intended. No pun intended. They start, to, they start to produce. And therefore, you have to question everything. Question everything. The more you question the more opportunities for learning you'll have and they will act as like a, a partner for conceptualization. Ask about everything. And in fact, the more you ask about it, it would be you'd be amazed that simply by asking questions, these questions are often asked about this room that we're sitting in. And uh, we can't do it now because Rabbi Bratovitz is speaking next door, but there's an exercise I do where I point to a particular feature of the room, but we could, we could do it with this. Over here we have a hook and the hook has been hammered into the bookshelf. <laughs> and upon it, there's a hanger hanging. Now, one wonders what it's doing there. Um, uh, there's two things hanging on this hook. There's a Tfilis Ashla, which has also got a prayer for children, for their parents. Um, and I wonder if the hook was put there to hang that prayer upon. Seems highly unlikely. And then there's a hanger. But there's nothing else there. And if there would be something else there, it would obstruct your access to the books. So, so this is a question you could ask yourself, like, who did this? And then it becomes really interesting. Like, what, uh, just think, like, replay the scene. Someone is walking around this room and they say, oh, gosh, how about I put a hook here? Like, what was going through his mind? Now, the truth is, we've all been in this room many times before, and we've seen this hook, but we've never... Oh, and it's loose. It's, like, actually badly put in as well. I never even noticed that before. So... All of a sudden, the hook becomes a sugya. It becomes a, a, a field of interest. Now, it could be that this hook is not the most relevant thing in the world, but you get into the, you, you start to ask questions, and you ask questions, and you can ask lots of questions. You can ask, who designed these bookshelves? I mean, why didn't they figure out that if you want to have wood which is strong enough to hold books, it shouldn't be chip wood? You can ask lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of questions about the room and about those curtains. Oh my gosh, those curtains. I mean, <laughs> what is that? Why is there a squeegee stick sticking over there? And 
and, and half of the curtain is on the the, the, the empty the empty coffee that you and that's just on the actual the physical location of the room. I mean, I could start asking questions about Yosef Russia, Le Marshal, but I'm not going to. Le uh, Marshal. The marshal. We could ask questions about you. Sure. Oh, look at the existing blinds. Yeah, there's a blinds. I know that's a question. There's blinds. There's curtains. I mean, this Does this room is like sense? this room's got everything. Question is the start point, which is the catalyst information. Great. I would phrase it, which acts as the catalyst, but you know, I'm sorry. which is <laughs> you could say which is if you want to do that as well. Right. So um, you with me, Melly? Yeah. When you, when you approach something, and the questions, and now the way I w- we will speak about actually how you develop the skill of asking questions, because again, you can make it better. Because naturally, we do ask certain questions, but we don't ask other questions. Like, none of us asked about this hook until, until I raised it. And uh, <laughs> this way, that sign. Oh, sorry, you asked about the hook, David Alec? I have thought about the hook. You have thought about the hook, yes? Sure. I thought about the hook. You've thought about the hook? Just one thing. Okay, good. Yeah, that's true. So now that's. Oh, uh, you've got a whole like theory about the hook. No, but you don't intend to sign. Whenever you're at it, we don't sign. No, no. I think the sign's beautiful. I think the hook's great, and I think the fact that there's a an old decrepit curtain over a window which has a blind on it is it's, it's all good, and the squeegee stick that's randomly suspended there. That sign is crucial to the function of this. Okay, guys, I, again, I wasn't actually trying to get the answers. I was just trying to no. illustrate. I just don't want to hear any disparagement about the sign. Okay. Crucial bit of Well, I mean, uh, you want these things to work correctly. Well, I'll turn to you. You could just look where the handle is. And that would help you. So you mean the I'm sign is written written for people who don't who don't look at the handle. <laughs> that's that's a very important people lesson. Not conceptualized. Right. The most sign is for people who are not conceptualized. Most people don't look at the handle. Most people don't. Most people. So okay. So we're learning lots of very important lessons here. Like we could learn a principle. Like what happens in in Musashir when you get bored? Should you take out your phone or not? What do you think, Yusha? I'm not bored. Oh, good. So what happens in Muslims here when you're not bored? Should you take your phone out or not? <laughs> if, if, if the yes. conversation is about one area that isn't necessary to think about, yes. Okay, good. Now I just wanted to know that principle. Um, now, that's questioning. Okay, we're going, to, we're going to... Next is mindfulness. So mindfulness is a very popular practice throughout the world today. And it's going to involve us doing some kind of meditation. Um, but the point is to become, create a heightened awareness in our present for stuff which we normally are completely unaware of. And when you do that, your life takes on a, a completely new dimension because you see things which literally were invisible to you beforehand. And it enriches the experience of living to, speaking from personal experience, to new degrees. Things which were absolutely by rote and and just robotic actions become suffused with joy and isn't that and the basis of Judaism pretty much and uh, I, I, I'm hoping that these these life skills are relevant to Judaism <laughs> mindfulness specifically 
as in you could have a habit of putting on tefillin each day, but it sort of just becomes... I think it's the basis, but there is a critique in the Navi that calls people who perform things in a merely robotic fashion, it's a criticism that you're just doing things because it's like habitual, and that's not a good thing. You shouldn't be habitual in your performance of Judaism. So that's mindfulness, and we'll be doing some meditation and different kinds of meditation to focus on this. And uh, yes, Yosef Asha, which part, which word was used incorrectly? No, no, no. Wife, married, phone. Like I was saying earlier. Marshall. Um, okay, so then the inner dialogue, which is the last of the four life skills we begin to focus on, is... Log is inner dialogue? Log is inner dialogue. Inner dialogue is the ability to make um, transparent the conflicts that we experience conflict that we experience, so how do we make these conflicts transparent, how do we get deeper insight into how we're working, and obviously it shoots up our self-awareness to new levels. What is the inner dialogue? The inner dialogue works in the following way. Very often we're conflicted, but we don't have a clear internal presentation of what the sides of the conflict are before even thinking about resolution. So inner dialogue suggests the following thing that there are two parties that can have a discussion inside of you. In the words of the, this is all over the different works of Sfarim, in the in Sifre Musa, in, in, in uh, Gemara's, there's an implicit what's called dialogue between the Seichel and the Nefesh. The Seichel is what we call the inner guide, the inner teacher, and the Nefesh is the inner student, the inner child. And they're always engaged in this discussion. But you can, of course, teach them to... You can, you can work on this discussion in a proactive way. The, the discussion that goes on internally, and this is, a, this is an error that people often make, and therefore they think the inner discussion is between the Yetzir Tov and the Yetzir Hara. It's the good and the bad part. There can never be a discussion between those two parties because they're fundamentally at loggerheads. One wants this and the other one wants that. So they can never be... There's never dialogue. There's just war. If you want to engage in dialogue, you have to have two people that are subscribing to the same ideal. The inner teacher and the inner student, the seichel and nefesh, the nefesh itself, which is the experiential side of self, the doing side of self, the, ex- the sensory side of self, and the seichel, which is the knowing, far-sighted, morally in touch, um, unemotionally involved, the nefesh is completely emotional, both of them on the same on the same page. They both want to do the right thing. But very often, the seichel needs to guide the nefesh to find what the right thing is. The nefesh can obviously get lost and can be influenced and can be caused, caused to go off the path and therefore needs to engage in discussion with the seichel in order to... The nefesh is the physicality? No, the nefesh is the everything down from the seichel. So it's the emotional and the experiential physical world. More things that are connected to the, phy- to the physical versus the... The experience. Thing. It's the world of experience. How I experience things. My experience as opposed to my understanding. So for example, I know, I know that if I eat cake, it's unhealthy for me. 
and that's what my that's what my experience that's what my seichel says. My experience is no, it's fantastic for me because the, the taste and the enjoyment and the and the the feeling are all. Seichel is the mind. Uh, should we call it seichel? The mind, mind, mind has a different connotation for for everyone. So let's call this the inner teacher, the inner the inner guide, and the inner student, or the seichel nefesh. And it's six to those things. So we have to learn to engage in a dialogue. There's to be a give and take between those two parties. And that draws a close to the four skills that we're going to be working on um, from now onwards. In the garden in the student? Correct. So I know that this was a rather dry introduction, but hopefully it will serve That's as a sin chof lamed. S-E-I-C-H-E-L. Um, it will help us to orientate us for our Musa learning and we'll see where it takes us. Thank you for your rapt attention and um, participation.